0: Many old school thrifters listening might remember a time when we rarely admitted to friends that our clothes came from a secondhand store. If you've noticed a rising comfort level with secondhand, you're not imagining. Not only are consumers more comfortable shopping secondhand, but we're shouting it from the rooftop. Resale is definitely on the rise. In fact, the secondhand market has grown 21 times faster than the new apparel market in the last four years. What's causing this shift in mindset and shopping habits? If the future is thrift, how will the integrity of thrift and resale be maintained? How will we adapt as this becomes the new normal way of shopping? And, thrifters, how do you really feel about thrifting becoming more mainstream? Keep listening for this discussion in episode 26 of Allow Us to Re-Thrift Reduce Ourselves. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dina. I'm Shannon. We are podcasting via Zoom. Again, we're still social distancing. So again, we apologize if the audio is not as clear as it usually is. Hope you're all doing well. Shannon, how's it going?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. I can't believe we're on episode 26. That's crazy to me.
0: I know. I know. You know, I know that doing monthly episodes makes people wait a little bit longer, but I've kind of went back and forth about this a lot. We do this by ourselves and it's a huge time commitment. In a perfect world, I would love to be able to do this every week, but I feel like monthly is a realistic pace for us right now.
1: Dina, I got FOMO. Why? This is kind of weird that I have FOMO
0: for Amazon. I don't ever purchase clothes on Amazon. Do you? Uh, Sometimes if I'm looking for something super specific, but not that much. See,
1: like, I think it's because I'm stuck at home and I look at Amazon a lot because it advertises to me and we have, like, different things set up that we purchase monthly from Amazon, but all of a sudden I am just, like, on Amazon fashion and I have to remember That one time I purchased like a sweatshirt five years ago and I got like 5XL and it literally would fit like my cousin, my little cousin, you know, like he's a, he's like a teenager. And it's like, I'm never buying Amazon fashion again. And then now I'm like looking at it again and I'm just like, what am I even doing? This is not my thing. I, I think I I need to go thrifting.
0: I went thrifting uh, when we, were podcasting a month ago, I said I wasn't ready and I truly wasn't. I felt like I needed a few weeks for things to die down. I knew that the first few days was going to be just really crazy. And I went a few weeks after they opened in Ohio. And I've got to say, Goodwill is killing it right now. What, when you say killing it, what does that mean? Like merchandise? Like Their no, they're, sure. they're, they're, they're process is is fantastic because i went to goodwill and i went to the village and goodwill everybody's required to wear a mask if you come in and you're not wearing a mask they ask you to purchase one from them i don't know what i've gone twice to two different goodwills and every single person in that place had a mask on that's wonderful yeah they have one-way aisles you can't be facing somebody face-to-face.
1: Uh, one-way aisles is my dream. Can we keep this for life, please? I, I know. We're going to have to deal with somebody trying to come at me. or feel- It sounds like there's more respect
0: happening. I'm telling you, it is... The most positive thrifting experience I've had in a long time, I I put it off because I thought this is going to be a mess. Like people are going to be on top of each other. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be messy. And it was the cleanest, most organized thrifting experience I've ever had. And I'm not just saying that. So one-way aisles, every cart was sanitized. They take it from you on your way out so they can sanitize it. And because of the one-way aisles and people are a little nervous about being too close, nobody will come down the aisle if you're in that same aisle. I was like, I felt like I had room to breathe. But as far as merchandise, it was just like a regular weekday thrift haul, like nothing to write home about. I found a few cool things, but it wasn't like, you know, heart beating fast kind of thrift finds.
1: (laughs) Man, that sounds like a dream. Yeah. That makes me want to go thrifting. I was kind of nervous that they wouldn't follow everything. I don't know why, but like when you find a store that is following protocol, I just want to keep going there.
0: Goodwill Akron is definitely following protocol. I went to the village. It was a little more chaotic. Um, the majority of customers were not wearing masks. They did have a sign that said they strongly encourage them, but they're not requiring them. All employees were wearing masks. They said they were sanitizing carts, but nobody grabbed my cart on my way out. I just put mm-hmm. it there. Maybe she grabbed it after I left, but at Goodwill Will, she tells you, put it here. And there's there's a designated person doing it and you can see them. At That's Village, awesome. I didn't, yeah, at Village, I just left it and walked away. And nobody came and took it from me. And there were more people there because it is a bigger thrift store. You know how that goes. People were pretty close to me, closer than I would have liked. So I was kind of running away from people.
1: So maybe waited a couple more months before you go back to Village. Is that how you're feeling?
0: Here, here's how I'll put it. If I need something, I'll go back to the village right now. I don't need anything. It was kind of like, I wanted to go see how things were going. Goodwill. I will definitely go back village. It was just a little too crowded for me. Yeah. You sold me. I'm about to go to Goodwill today,
1: man. Are you really? I'm thinking about it. Maybe today or tomorrow. We'll see a weekday. Seems like a good time to go.
0: Yeah. So shout out to Goodwill. I have not been to Goodwill Cleveland yet, which, and I know they're following some similar protocols. They've got one way aisles, sanitation, um, fitty rooms are, Closed, I think, in Cleveland. Fitting rooms were open in Akron, but they were closed at the Village. Okay. So that made me super selective about what I was buying.
1: Oh, yeah. You
0: try everything on. I'm sh- I'm shocked that you bought any. Did you buy any clothes? I did, but I knew... I knew it was going to fit like I and I went home yeah. and it 100% fit like I I put a bunch <laughs> of stuff back because I'm like, I, I just I don't know. All right, so let's get into today's episode. This is going to be a good one. And it's a topic I've been thinking about for over a year now. Over the last year to 18 months, we have seen so many major department stores and retail stores closing, filing for bankruptcy. And it's like every other week, it's like you're hearing of all of these different stores closing that, that have been around since we were kids. But at the same time, I've noticed such a huge shift in more mainstream acceptance of secondhand have you felt the same way
1: yeah you know it's funny because I've always thought like the um, the mall like I get the idea of like the mall closing but now that like other stores are starting to close it's freaking me out a little bit but I understand because we're all on our phones we're all purchasing things online we're way more willing to do that especially when places take things back so readily but the acceptance of secondhand is huge like when I hear kids at school talking about Shopping on Depop or whatever, I'm just like, wow! I'm surprised they're even talking about it out loud, but it's like the cool thing to do.
0: It's interesting to hear the kids' perspective because you you are around young kids all day. My perspective comes from you know I started Dina's Days in 2008 because I wanted to talk about good deals. Like I, I felt like I wanted to share that with the world, and then. 2013 is when we started doing public thrift events with Goodwill. That's when like the partnership started to roll in. I started to partner with Goodwill and smaller local thrift stores and things like that. And the people that used to come to our events were like, whoa, I finally feel seen and heard. I've never been to a thrifting event, but I've been thrifting my whole life. And then in around 2015, I felt like the response started to change. It was avid thrifters and then newbie thrifters. And then in 2018, 2019, it was like, everyone was doing it. If you weren't a longtime thrifter, you were a reseller. You've adopted thrifting with the purpose to resell. And if you weren't a reseller or an, or just kind of an avid longtime thrifter, you were a 17, 18-year-old who's doing it because it's cool and it's good for the environment. So it's like the whole audience just shifted and it kind of knocked me off my feet. I was like, this is not 2008, 2009 dina's days anymore like it's a brand new mindset
1: right no i totally agree and i think that like a lot of it has to do with the minimalism idea that show on netflix came out that you know netflix has a lot to do with a lot of this like netflix and the minimalism show i forget like exactly what it was called and then the other one with the the lady uh, marie condo yeah yeah i think that people are more aware of it because it's in It's not only in our social media, but it's in like the media that we are deciding to sit down and watch at night. So it's like you might not change tomorrow, but like it's you're starting to you're starting to think about it. You're starting to shift your mindset and it's it's slowly trickling into our popular places that we're shopping so it's like it's there
0: it's yeah for you to consume now it's definitely a it's been a slow culture shift like we're seeing it like you said we're seeing it pop up in our in the in the shows that we watch and the articles that we're reading and the brands that we're following so I thought at first I'm like, am I imagining, or is there just like a lot of people talking about thrifting online now? And I wasn't imagining. Yeah. So ThreadUp is a is the largest online thrift and consignment retailer. And every year they conduct a report with this company called Global Data, where they study the resale market. So I wanted to share some numbers with you guys that confirms kind of how how so many of us have been feeling. Sixty four percent of women are now open to buying used clothing and other used items, which is up from 45% in 2016. So that's something we wow, that's a lot, right? Like, and I and we felt that I'm telling you, like the people that would come to my events, and the people would comment on my stuff, and the people I was engaging with, like their response has changed. And I, I really truly felt it. Now, this is a really cool one. Secondhand is expected to make up 13% 13% of people's closets by 2028, so just eight years from now. And that might not sound like a lot to a lot of avid thrifters, but that's up from 3% in 2008. So in 10 years, wow. in 10 years, it's jumping from 3 to 13% of your closet. Yeah, that's a huge shift. That's a shift in, in habits, right? Like that's a huge shift in the way that you shop and the way that you view the world.
1: You're actually seeing it happen where people are stopping and thinking about what they're purchasing instead of just, you know, buying a bunch of things. Yeah, they're like thinking about their purchases instead, which you're if this 13% com- becomes true in people's closets. I mean, that's amazing.
0: Right. Right. So then speaking of your students, Millennials and Gen Z are driving this growth in secondhand with one in three Gen Zers expected to buy secondhand in 2019 because this report came out in 2019. I don't know what the 2020 numbers are yet, but I I totally believe this. I have seen my nephew's habits change as much as he loves brand names and stuff like if i take him to goodwill he's totally down he's 13 that's awesome yeah Yeah. that's
1: great when we were kids i remember like kind of being it depends it depends on like what you're finding like if you have to go and you have to purchase something then you're like oh i don't want people to know but if you're doing it to be cool that was a separate issue i think for the most part it was definitely not one in 3 like one in 10 kids you know
0: and remember the episode we did and we used that audio from my friend's son who was buying nike and he's just like obsessed with thrifting and he's yes, like so i think 12 at the cool. time <laughs> It's awesome. And then if you go on TikTok or Instagram and you look up the hashtag just thrift or thrifting, millions, literally millions of uh, results will come up. So in 2009, no, I wasn't even on Instagram in 2009. I think I got in 2011. That oh. didn't exist. Okay. A thrifting hashtag was not a trending topic. I can tell you that with yeah. full confidence. So it's it's changing, and it's amazing. I need to interrupt you
1: and say, you're looking at TikTok? Excuse me? You're on oh, TikTok now?
0: I love TikTok. I love TikTok. I, uh,
1: so, like, how many months have I been trying to get you on there, now you are addicted? Like, I know before, you were like, Shannon, what? Why? And now you're on there, you know why. It is so much fun.
0: There are some things that I don't understand with young people, and like the dances. Like, some dances are really cool. Some dances, I'm like, I just kind of scroll through them. You know what my feed is full of? Pranks. I love pranks. <laughs> I'm a true 13-year-old at heart. Pranks make me laugh so hard. They always have. It's so funny. I love it.
1: I love it so much. It's like a little secret about you.
0: I know. Sometimes I'll go on YouTube just to look up pranks.
1: On YouTube?
0: Yes, they have prank compilations. <sighs> You can watch like oh, 13 seen- minutes of Some pranks.
1: Oh, they're so corny. Oh my gosh, Dina. <laughs> no, oh, they so- have to
0: be really good for me to think they're funny. I like I like the pranks where people get scared, like where they startle people. Those are my favorite pranks.
1: Like when they're in elevators and stuff like that. <laughs> I've seen a couple where they're in elevators and like somebody jumps on and or like somebody opens the elevator and the person in the elevator is freaking everybody out.
0: Yeah, and not all pranks are created equal. Some of them are really corny, but uh, there are some pranks (laughs) that really make me belly laugh. The fact that Gen Zers are the ones that are one in three, give props
1: to Gen X right now because they're the ones that are raising the Gen Zers. They're the ones that have brought them up and, and, and taught them the right way, taught them about secondhand props to you.
0: That's a great shout out, Shannon, because a lot of the Gen X parents raising these teenagers are the OG thrifters who were thrifting in the in the 90s, early and mid-90s against what was, you know, considered to be cool. So, let's talk about what is causing this shift in mindset and shopping habits. You mentioned a couple of them. There's a lot of cultural changes happening, but let's talk through some of the some of the big ones that we've uncovered in some of our research. Let's start with the rise of the conscious consumer. Consumers have become increasingly more concerned with the environment, especially young people, as we've said. It's almost become cool to care. And there's actually a lot of shame now and a stigma attached to shopping at fast fashion retailers, which blows my mind because when I first started blogging in the thick of fast fashion, 2009, when Forever 21 was on top of the world, and now... If you post a fast fashion outfit, you're going to get some backlash from some people.
1: I love I love the fact that, that young people even know what fast fashion is. When I was young, I was not a
0: sustainable activist.
1: I did not pay attention. Same. I was just like, can I afford this? And then does it fit me?
0: Do um, I love it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't going any further than that or ever worrying about like who made it or anything like that. So young people that are worried about that or young people that know that this has something to do with their future I am so proud of them for caring.
0: Same here. And I, I have a quick little short story to share about that. This falls in line with the around the time when I started to notice that my audience was, their 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 attitudes were shifting. So one time a few years ago, probably three years ago, I posted something that I got from a fast fashion store because it was the only place where I could find this item. I couldn't find it secondhand. And so I caved and I bought it from Shein, this uh-huh. super cheap uh-huh. cheaply made fast fashion site and I posted about it and somebody sent me a dm and said oh no not Shein." and I wasn't even mad about it I was like you know what uh-huh. you're absolutely right yep. I- and I was happy I was like wow things are changing and, I- and it blew my mind that there was once a stigma in middle school when people would be like you went to the village you got that coat yep. from the village and now people are calling me out as a blogger, for wearing something from a fast fashion website.
1: Yep, yep. The tables have
0: turned. It's really, really awesome. So the next major shift in mindset and shopping habits is that thrifting has become more accessible than ever, right? Back in the day, you would just go to your regular old Goodwill... And now I feel like thrift stores and thrift retailers are meeting consumers where they are. You know, you can go to a Goodwill boutique now. You can go on the com and get yourself some secondhand designer luxury bags and shoes. You can go to a highly curated vintage shop. You can go on Depop. You could go on eBay. You, you can become an entrepreneur on Poshmark. It's like, the, it's not your traditional thrift experience anymore.
1: Right. Right. It's like everyone's voice is being heard. The fact that they that they're putting these places out there for people, it's not just, you know, one little shop that you can go to now. There are multiple places. And that's great.
0: The next major reason in the shift that we've seen towards secondhand, which I thought was really interesting, is that the days of department stores and catalogs influencing what we buy are almost all gone, right? Like, remember we joke about Dilias and there was the JCPenney catalog. We're in our 30s and 40s. So like it wasn't that long ago, right? Like this is we're talking like 20 years ago. Yep. And so that quickly changed just like in the last decade, maybe, or like 10 to 15 years, where we've gone from brands and catalogs influencing what we buy to stores social media influencers, individual people with voices and platforms.
1: It's like at first you're kind of, I feel a little bit like, oh, this isn't right that people are influencing me, but I actually, it's better that a person instead of a large company is influencing me or a person that I can go look at that has the same body type as me is influencing what I'm purchasing because I know what it's going to look like on me rather than me purchasing something that a skinny girl is wearing.
0: And then getting it and being really disappointed. It's actually a positive thing, I feel like. I agree when it's done right. Because an individual influencer can be influenced by the brand that she is supporting. And this happens all the time where you'll have influencers accepting money and gifts to influence their audience just for the sake of getting paid. And it's not necessarily something that they would have ever really bought or believed in. I mean, this is a common issue with a lot of people kind of unfollowing influencers where you're like, okay, this has become an inauthentic, experience now. So when done right, I totally agree with you. It can become a very, very powerful thing. And I think that's what makes a lot of thrift influencers, if that's what you want to call them, thrift bloggers, whatever. That's what makes that sector very unique because they, they aren't supporting a specific brand. they're They're supporting the secondhand movement. And then speaking of Instagram and influencers... Shopping secondhand satisfies one of the biggest demands of the Instagram generation, and there have been a lot of surveys and studies out there that a lot of young people, including people in their 30s um, and 40s, who are saying, "I don't want to be seen in the same outfit twice on Instagram or social media," and so they admit to this. and And this fluid, this idea of a fluid wardrobe, then, is justified by shopping secondhand. It's one way for young people to stay current without breaking the bank or harming the environment. And I I have mixed feelings about that
1: me too me too
0: <laughs> yeah like on one hand i'm like okay cool i'd rather you go shop secondhand. but on the other hand these, uh, this this whole idea of not repeating outfits is still kind of wasteful
1: right right and it's like if that's your hobby and you're a young person that's what you're doing i get it But like, what are you doing with those clothes that you're no longer wearing? Are you donating them? Are you giving them to family? All right, that makes sense. If you're, I mean, I guess if you're just giving them back to goodwill, that's good too. You're influencing other people your age. You as a person can't wear the same outfit more than once. It's like, then you're constantly consuming. You constantly, even though it's cheaper, you are constantly out there consuming and spending your money on just these things that aren't really a need, But at the same time, I I get if it's a hobby, you know, like I can't criticize people for their hobby. But like you're saying, it is a bit wasteful.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we should normalize outfit repeating. There's nothing wrong with wearing the same outfit twice. I think, in fact, it kind of sparks your creativity and it helps you become a better person. Personal stylist for, you know, and shopping your own closet. Again, I I think it's okay. Like, if you, I'd rather you go buy something, quote, new from a secondhand store if you, like you said, if you have a hobby or you like to shop and put things together and get creative with your outfits. But I, I definitely think it's our responsibility as thrift influencers and thrift bloggers to normalize outfit repeating. There's nothing wrong with it. But you made a good point about, well, what's happening to the stuff that you're not wearing anymore, which is a great segue to the next reason why we've seen a shift towards secondhand. And it's that more consumers are buying with the intent to resell when they are done with it. Raise your hand if you have done this. 100% I have done this when I've been thrifting. Yeah, 100% totally. According to this one survey I found, 40% of consumers consider the resale value before buying it. Can I trade it? Can I swap it? Can I post it on Poshmark? Can I get something out of it when I'm done?
1: Right. I mean, that was one of my big things I think last year was once I was finished with with things, I was really pumped that I could sell it on Poshmark. I mean, I really am somebody that will just wear things out you know like until there's holes in them but there's also some things that I'm only gonna wear a couple times like I can't wear the exact same outfit every graduation every year yeah you know I mean like yeah good but like I just like you know everybody likes to have a new outfit every once in a while and honestly I'm mean, it's 100% I've worn the same outfit three years in a row to graduation so Next year, I'm kind of feeling like I'm going to change it up like that
0: <laughs> three years in a row. That's
1: pretty good.
0: That's great. Like our parents never shopped like that. <laughs>
1: oh, and it's a new way of living because you're going to treat your clothes better so you can resell it. True. You know, like you're gonna Really pay attention to how you're how, like if you get a rip in it or something, you're probably going to get mad.
0: That's so true, Shannon. That's a really good point. Uh, And then there are a couple more reasons why we're seeing more of a shift towards secondhand. A lot of kind of off-price retailers like TJ Maxx and Marshalls and the convenience of Amazon are really challenging the way retail and department stores are operating so this is not so much specifically about thrift but it's more about bargain and discount shopping and again i noticed this i noticed this a lot with my followers too who were like i'm not really a thrifter but i love me some tj maxx right so then you get people into that off retail bargain area, then they're more likely to kind of step into secondhand maybe in a few years. So it's like this gradual shift where they've gone from shopping at Nordstrom or Neiman Marcus or Saks and then into bargain like, oh, cool, I can find some of the brands I was seeing at Nordstrom now at TJ Maxx. And then TJ Maxx, To goodwill or the real real or whatever and then the last one back to gen z is that they are dominating the retail space right now they are pretty financially savvy and they grew up on social media and so everything is at their fingertips and you've got teenagers making a living practically off of selling used clothes online they're so much more financially savvy than we ever were like sure we were thrifters but like these kids are going to thrift stores and earning their money at 16 17 on online apps
1: i know man i'm actually jealous so many of them like i'll find different people and be like oh these are really cool things i'm like how's this this kid this is a kid and I'm like 40 over here, like, oh, <laughs> can I make extra money on one shirt? Like, oh
0: Right. My and gosh. what I think is interesting about it is that maybe you've got a lot of young teenagers who maybe weren't thrifters, right? But then they're like, oh, look, so-and-so is making money on Depop. Let me go to the thrift store. So then they're going, they've been introduced to this world of secondhand with the intention of making money. And then they're more likely probably to go and shop for themselves after that.
1: Yeah, the the only thing that bothers me is, is I'm just like stop taking up all my all my stuff for me when I go to the thrift store, you know? <laughs> I yeah. know.
0: I know. I get it though. I get it. And so we've got all of these reasons why we've seen this gradual shift towards secondhand and brands are listening. In the last couple of years Major brands and department stores have been closing left and right, filing for bankruptcy left and right. I mentioned this earlier, many of them before the pandemic, but for a lot of them, the pandemic was like the straw that broke the camel's back. So JCPenney, J.Crew, Bath and Body Works, Macy's, Victoria's Secret, Neiman Marcus. These are just a few that have either filed for bankruptcy or closed hundreds of stores across the United States.
1: Dang, I did not know about Bath and Body Works. That's
0: crazy. I just saw an article last week. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. Bath and Body—they're not—they're not closing completely, but they're—they're definitely—they're closing a lot of their stores across the country.
1: Pearberry lotion was like currency in our day, and now they're about to close stores. Like Cuc- that's just crazy. Cucumber
0: melon—I I can still get down with yes. some Bath and Body Works. Oh heck yeah! Man. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've got a lot of department stores and retailers who are either now selling secondhand or experimenting with the idea of selling secondhand to attract new customers. So they they've been looking at all of this data, right? All of these stats that we've just talked about, all of these reasons that we just talked about. And so they're 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 like, "All right, well, Let's figure out a way to attract new customers, maybe even younger customers, so they're they're moving into this secondhand sustainable territories. You've got JCPenney, Macy's, Madewell, Eileen Fisher, Gap, Nordstrom Rack all selling or piloting secondhand programs in their stores. I thought I'd never see a day
1: this is crazy to me, but I understand where they're coming from with wanting to attract younger people. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I see, I see that they're trying to fill the need of sustainable clothing, but isn't there another way
0: where they can produce sustainable clothing? I think it's easier said than done. So this is probably a cheaper way to incorporate secondhand or sustainable clothes in their stores. Because making your own sustainable clothes, like manufacturing your own, is a pretty complex and expensive process. And For that to become mainstream in regular department stores and major retailers, we're not there yet. And so these brands are kind of like, well, hey, people's mindsets and shopping habits are shifting. We've got to pay attention, especially if we want to attract the next generation of of consumers. So one kind of easier way to experiment and cheaper, more financially conservative way, I guess, to do it is to offer some secondhand programs. So... It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. But if you're picturing, you know, somebody that works for Macy's going to your local Goodwill to snatch up merchandise for the stores, that's not how it works. Most of them are teaming up with ThreadUp to sell secondhand clothes or they're starting their new own unique program. So I'm going to give you a couple examples. Again, for those who don't know what ThreadUp is, it is the largest online thrift and consignment store. They buy and sell used clothes online. You can sell, you can send them their used clothes. They'll give you a store credit um, or cash. You can buy from them, so on and so forth. They're massive. Madewell, for example, is offering a program called Madewell Archive in select cities across the United States where you can buy their used jeans for $50. And it's essentially sh- shopping thread up for past Madewell styles, and then they wash them, refurbish them and sell them back to their customers. So look, if you like the idea of Madewell jeans, but you don't want to spend the $200 on their jeans, Madewell is partnering with ThreadUp to essentially buy those jeans back and refurbish them for their customers. Oh, that is
1: interesting. That is a weird cycle that I never would have thought of.
0: It's innovative. I mean, you can't deny that it's pretty yeah. innovative. Yeah. Macy's and JCPenney both experimented with thread-up pop-up shops in select stores across the country and they sell brands that aren't typically sold at their stores in order to attract new and possibly younger customers. JCPenney's demographic isn't really teenagers and young no. younger people. It's no. more it's more of a mature it's more of a mature demographic.
1: Honestly, it's like me and my grandma. I'm 40 and I will rock JC Penny. My grandma is 80 something and she'll rock JC Penny. Well, I'm not seeing like younger people in there. Right,
0: right, right. And so, one way for them to attract younger people to spend more money in their stores is to partner with ThreadUp and then they'll select, you know, they'll kind of curate a pop up shop that sells brands that might appeal to younger people. It's interesting because I saw a stat from the CEO of ThreadUp that said, by having these pop-up, these used pop-up stores in there, customers are more likely to come back and they're more likely to shop in that store, right? Like if you're in there yeah. to go to Thred up, you might pop over and look at that Worthington brand at JCPenney and be like, okay, what's up with this? And you, you may have right? never otherwise been in there. You've never probably would have walked into JCPenney.
1: It makes me think of like, When you see a Sephora inside of JCPenney, Mm -hmm. that's like a, it's almost like a little pop-up, even though it's there all the time. So that's like how I'm picturing this thread up pop-up inside of JCPenney. It's like little stores within a store. It's kind of, it's really neat.
0: Right. They're like almost like mini malls, right? Like, um, and your Sephora point made me think of something when I sometimes I'll go to Sephora at JCPenney just because I'm in the neighborhood or something. And I didn't feel like going to the mall. When I'm in there, I'll say, oh, shoot, let me get some pajamas real quick. Or let me let yeah. me see. Let me see what's up with their kids clothes real quick. And otherwise, I would have probably never walked in to go specifically buy kids clothes or a pajama set from JCPenney. So I kind of believe right. I kind of believe the statistic that they're sharing this data that they're sharing, because I've been there before, right? Nordstrom Rack has something called See You Tomorrow, which I love the name. It's their secondhand apparel program and they'll refurbish and clean damaged return or returned items and then sell them back to their customers through the see you tomorrow program Um, and then they'll also buy back some of your used clothes from their store in exchange for store credit and then they'll resell them again
1: oh that's nice i love that
0: I love the returned items because I, I, I know I've read something before that there's so much waste that happens with Amazon returns. And I I know that some of them get funneled to like liquidators and all this other stuff, but there's still a lot of waste. And I always feel kind of bad when I return something on Amazon because I'm like, is this even going to go back to somebody else? I don't know. Right, right, right. So secondhand is definitely pushing the limits of how and where it's being sold. It's not your traditional thrift experience anymore. So I thought we could talk through just like some of some of the thoughts that have been going through our head. Like if the future it really is going to be thrift, like how do thrifters feel about this, this shift towards mainstream? Like, how do you feel about it?
1: Honestly, when I first heard about it, I was angry. I thought all these big corporations were going to take all of my merchandise. And and I'm still nervous about it a little bit. Like my first reaction is this is a band aid. This is so we stop focusing on these companies to create sustainable brands, because then they're able to say we do have sustainable, we do have this thread up rack. Is this then giving them time to create their own, mm-hmm. or are they just gonna have them sitting next to each other? These are still made in whatever country, hurting people, hurting their water, giving pollution, and then these. This is the bandaid. Thread up is the bandaid. I don't know. Like right. I would like it to not be that way but we have to wait it out and see.
0: Yeah, double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah. On one hand I'm I'm thrilled that we've moved the needle. Like this is what I've been working towards for 10 years just on my own out of like a personal passion and on one hand i'm like awesome we are meeting customers where they are you know you're going to JCPenney, we'll bring the second hand to you at JCPenney. i think it's a pretty innovative practice but i i agree with you i often wonder we know what the intentions are of many of these big corporations and these retailers we know that they're kind of following the money trail right they've got the data that's saying people are more more thrifty than ever so they're so they're kind of jumping on that bandwagon and so one of the questions i posed in the intro to this episode was like well how will that integrity be maintained will these companies then change their manufacturing process for their regular new apparel? Are they going to change their labor practices? How will they align their existing values with sustainability and secondhand? It's kind of like you've got brand new stuff on this rack used stuff over here in this corner in this pop-up shop they don't add up that's one thing i worry about so it's it is a double-edged sword for the consumer i guess i'm happy for the consumer right like i'm happy that a customer that never shopped secondhand before is now willing to shop secondhand but i worry about the intentions of the company and what they're gonna do with those profits like what happens now
1: right off the bat i was just like these big giant corporations are just looking for a other way to make money and they're getting their hand in the pot because they figured out where all the money was going. So does that mean in the future, Goodwill is going to partner with some place and I no longer can go to Goodwill, but I have to go to Walmart to find my Goodwill items. You know, I don't know how I feel about that.
0: You're so right. And I, I do wonder, you know, what does this mean for the thrift industry too? Like, is this something that, you know, the, the regular retail thrift stores, local thrift stores, is this something that they will start experimenting with? I mean, it's not the worst idea. I think it would be kind of cool to see a Goodwill in a, I don't know, a Macy's. Like I'd rather that the proceeds of the second hand go to local programs because right now when a Macy's partners with ThredUp, it's going to a for-profit. ThredUp is a for-profit company. They're not a non-profit. Okay. I'm sure they do a lot of good, but Places like a Goodwill or any other, like the Discovery Shop, all of those places are nonprofits thrift stores that go back to local programs and the community
1: the only thing that i worry about as well is if maybe somebody's out of a job and they can't afford to go buy an outfit but they have like 10 bucks to buy an outfit they can go to goodwill what if that ten dollars doesn't get them as far if they're going to a jc penny or yeah and i
0: don't you know what, know what the pricing structure is like because we haven't i don't think we've had any of those thrift collaborations here in ohio at least i haven't been to any i wonder what the pricing structure was like probably like what you would pay on ThreadUp. up i don't know i mean
1: gc penny has to be making some money you know (laughs) like it has to be a little bit higher than what you pay at goodwill like somebody has to make a profit right right that's the that's the only thing i worry about is like we still have to be here for our community if they if they're in need you know and i feel like that's what goodwill was when it started i'm worried that that won't be the case at a big store
0: right like you're worried that when it becomes more mainstream that a lot of thrift stores might lose focus of their original purpose of being an affordable retail space for families and i see this come up online every now and then where resellers are complaining about the expensive prices and expensive cost of goods and then you've got families that are saying, like, I'm not trying to profit off of this. I, I really need to to dress my family of four. I really need yes. a nice outfit for my job interview. Like, I, I'm not doing this to profit off of it. And so, you know, on one hand, I'm like, I get it. Thrift stores have to keep up with the time. You know, thrift prices are not going to be the same that they were in high school. That's just how... right." (laughs) the economy works but i also worry that sometimes it's a little outrageous i mean i was at the village yesterday and i was just like come on come on with some of these prices like i'm not even trying to flip this i'm just trying to wear this and it's it was i walked away from so many things
1: it's it's almost like the the village is trying
0: to be the flipper
1: instead like there's no they don't want a
0: middleman i mean i swear sometimes i'm convinced i don't want to spread rumors but sometimes (laughs) i'm convinced that a lot of these thrift stores have people who look up the resale value because i have to when i look up the resale value sometimes it's like spot on it's like some they've got like Mm -hmm. an expert in Poshmark back there (laughs) it's like i'm like dang that's like to the penny that that they're selling it yep that's why i love goodwill because it's just like jeans are this much sweaters are this much like it doesn't matter we're lucky because our local goodwill in akron does that most goodwills don't do that i didn't know that cleveland doesn't do that (sighs) oh I'm sorry Cleveland (laughs) Cleveland's individually priced and a lot of people who follow me I'll be like yeah this was a flat rate like all jeans cost five bucks or six bucks or whatever and they're like wow that's crazy and and every time I post about Goodwill coupons I get a flood of comments from people across the country like wait a second is that 35% (laughs) off your whole order or just one item I'm like oh no girl the entire order.
1: Oh man, we are so lucky. We are. <laughs> I never think twice about that kind of stuff.
0: The Midwest, Bye. man. There's no There's no thrifting like the Midwest. And I hope it stays that way. Me too. <laughs> and then one question I've been really thinking about and doing a lot of research on is like we can't ignore the question of how the pandemic will change the way that we shop. Um, I think we're going to see things like there's going to be less contact in the store. You're going to have a lot of frugal customers coming out of this pandemic people who've lost their jobs, people who felt the pinch, people are going full remote now. Companies are kind of like, no need to come back. We're just going to do work from home permanently. So that completely changes what people are buying. You know, I, I've i yeah. been working from home now since March. And when I was at Goodwill y- yesterday, I put a lot of blazers and stuff back because I'm like, I don't need this stuff right now. I'm looking for more like flowy summer dresses that I can wear sitting down at home and then that I can, you know, wear to run a quick errand. I, I kind of wonder like how this will impact department stores and the thrift industry and the off retail industry, like so places like Marshall's and TJ Mack, are they going to end up with a whole lot of excess inventory that these department stores couldn't sell during the pandemic?
1: Oh, I never even thought of them. I bet, they, so
0: will. I bet oh, they will. I yeah. bet they will. Because that inventory has been sitting there since March, right? And if they can't sell it in the right. next two two quarters, they've got stuff coming in.
1: Yep. So it's about to be bonkers there.
0: I I don't know. I think so. I mean, I'm not a retail analyst, but that's my that's my guess. And (laughs) and and I thought the same thing at Goodwill yesterday. I'm like, oh, my God, I found so many things that I Instagrammed about still sitting on the rack at the store, because the last time I went to Goodwill was right before stay at home. I think it was the day before it was March 12th and Ohio closed shut down May, March 13th. And so I saw some things that were still sitting on the racks. And I thought, huh?
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah exactly, and it, like you would think like oh, they'd get rid of this stuff by now, but not if you know they they do the whole month thing they've right? got they've got
0: uh yeah four f- weeks, four weeks. on the
1: yeah, they've gotta
0: try to clear it out,
1: yeah, so in a month it's about to be hot, right,
0: yeah, I think so, I don't know. <laughs> So I don't know, I just feel like there are a lot of questions and we don't know the answers. But I think the one thing we do know is that thrift isn't going any- anywhere anytime soon. For me, from my personal perspective, I came here to to build and spread awareness. And I feel like the awareness has been built. And right now I am in this interesting transition period, like many department and retail stores, where I've got to pivot my Purpose and my message to prepare for this next wave. Pivot
1: (laughs) had to. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) I never would have thought it would. I always thought it would just stay the same. You know. Yeah. Would just stay the same. Yeah. Yeah. How would it ever? I don't. This is wild that big department stores are taking it on. Do you know? I saw it at Walmart on their website. I was shocked. I saw thread up.
0: Oh really? Yes. You know, Walmart's website is weird because you'll get search results from all over the internet.
1: Yeah, they're, they're a marketplace, like kind of like yeah. Amazon after you get past the Amazon stuff. yeah, I, I hate it. I think they did it. I, I know it drives me nuts because it's like if I can't go to Walmart and get it, I don't want it. Like I'll just go to Amazon. It'll probably be cheaper. Exactly. But I think they did it to keep up to keep up with Amazon
0: yeah but yeah totally I was
1: really shocked to see that like I was like Walmart really
0: this yeah is weird. Huh. it's gonna be really interesting I think in the next five to eight years to see how we come out on the other side of it
1: it is it is I think our biggest takeaway will always be to take yourself out of it and look at the perspective of the people that are making the clothes and that's how we got here is that we were just thinking about ourselves, or we or the corporations were just thinking about how much money they can pull in and, you know, we just got to constantly shift out and look at the big perspective because my first instinct is always, what about me? Right. What, how am I going to do, you know? So how is this going I to impact
0: that, me? Yep. All right, everyone, let us know how you feel about this shift towards mainstream thrifting. We'd love to hear some of your comments. Hit us up, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And we will talk to you next time. Stay safe, everybody. Peace. Thanks for listening. For episode show notes, research, and articles mentioned in this episode, go to dinasdays.com podcast and click on this episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast.